Okay. Uh, are we ready? Uh, I think, cut to his camera for a second. I think we want to bring your mic down just so it doesn't block your, f that looks good. Yeah. Like this. Yeah, it looks better on camera. Um, it's a, yeah, I can hear you good. You can adjust it as you can play. Just get comfortable as you go. Like by the end, I'm kind of sitting like this. Um, get comfortable because these couches get slippery, but. Just I have a bad, I have a bad rotation in my neck. It's so hard for me to, because I have a yeah. bad accident. From driving. Fucking no, 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 not from driving. Oh. I'm actually walking, and a taxi hit me. Fucking hell. Yeah. Okay, you ready, Hans? Good, yeah. Okay, ready? Okay, welcome to Fruiting Body Podcast with your host, Brendan. Uh, we are here in Phuket, Thailand, and we are a medicinal mushroom company. This is our product. We don't know when it's coming out. We're going to guess maybe another six months. We're way too wrapped up in NFTs, and I've had COVID for two months, so I'm pretty fucked up. Uh, we took last week off, but we're back this week, and we have an absolute special guest that is living on the island of Phuket. Uh, I cannot reveal his name or his identity uh, too, too much, and we're going to find out why. Um, this episode is for everyone that wants to understand a little bit of getaway driving and as we talk to our guest we'll cut to some clips on youtube and he'll explain that in a little bit more detail so without further ado let's get this shit started all right uh we're not going to mention his name but first thanks a lot for joining us today actually he reached out to me maybe two months ago or something yeah. like that um before we jump into your story how did you even find me just maybe. I think it came up as a commercial on Instagram, man. Ah, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. doing some sponsored. Uh, I, I was yeah. kind of just to push it a little bit. You know, I put a hundred bucks here or there and <laughs> yeah, it's just good. get the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we'll jump right into his story because that last question was shit, but <laughs> uh, we're going to jump into the story. So he's coming from uh, Sweden. Uh, Stockholm? Stockholm. From Stockholm. South side, south side of Stockholm. And it's a really long, I think it's going to be a, one of our best podcasts so far. Um, so, and we're going to start right from the beginning. So tell us a little bit about your, your childhood and how that all connected to this getaway driving and what that whole scene is about. So I'm born in 1999 in the south part of Stockholm in a small, small place. Uh, grown up in a middle upper class family going to school as a regular kid i think i dropped out by school by early by 12 12 years old yeah 12 years old that's the last time i saw school man uh jump out of school came into not foster care but i was doing time in uh do you say child custody Ch yeah or yeah, foster care child custody yeah. yeah yeah you know when when you how do you say when you sleep out of your family and you're doing stuff that's not meant for you to do in that age. Yeah. So you're taking care of your family. Yeah. See, even living in Asia, my vocabulary, I start to lose words too. <laughs> yeah. Like now I don't even speak English sometimes. Uh, it's not easy but to I, meet him, man. I know what you're saying. Yeah. So uh. you, you slipped out around 12. Mm. Can you give some backstory behind that? Like how did that all come together? Like even for myself, I, was a, I wasn't the best uh, kid in school. I was constantly getting expelled or suspended, but... Um, I won't go into those details, but on your side, how did you get into the, that lifestyle at such a young age? Well, I think first of all, we, my dad has not been around much when I was a, when I was a child, child. Mm. So I think that was a part of me not having like the man role controlling me, you know, to put me in place where I should do and not to do. So 
when I sleep out of school, which I didn't find myself comfortable sitting at the the table and and doing the uh, school stuff, you know. Yeah, I got you. So my how do you say it? Like my role was more like gangster rap and those kind of things you saw on YouTube in. So even back like 2006, when you got access to a computer in my age, and you saw like these rap videos or you know like stuff on the internet that's felt like much more of an of a thing for you to like than school, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that was that was a big part, and yeah, school was not for me, man. So did you fall into like uh, an older crowd that kind of you know pushed oh, yeah, you in a different yeah, direction? Most definitely, you started to w- w- when you start to leave like the. How do you say when you start to leave the school and you start to hang out with other people from other places? Maybe you start to hang out with people older than you, and you start to you're getting thrown into a corner where you're starting to behave like other people in yeah. the same position as you. You know, you start to behave, uh, hang out with people, doesn't go to school, taking drugs, and starting to do things early in life. You know, and you're trying same as them. Yeah, you're influenced also by that community you're involved, especially in. when they're older and. When you need someone to be older than you to control you, like your dad, yeah. most definitely I would need a, a dad role in my household. Yeah, and and did you, do you have brothers and sisters as well? I have one little sister. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you were kind of again, you didn't have that influence to kind of oh, push no. you in that direction. Nah. So you you look up to the older guys in the community for sure, for sure. Now, but like you're saying, you're still coming from an upper middle class. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, of course. I had love. I had care in my family. My dad was actually traveling and working overseas, actually in Thailand. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, so my mom was the only one in the household. Yeah. But I didn't have much other family than that. Uh, many, my parents had me very late. So. I think most of my family is already pretty old, you know, like, uh, I don't know the word in English, but cousins and stuff, you know, yeah, don't have so much. You were kind of, they were already, you know, yeah, graduated or yeah, families. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of all you. Now, when you stepped into that community, you said, now, uh, we were speaking like, you know, they, they were potentially doing illegal stuff, selling drugs and this mm-hmm. and that. Um, can you, do you have any story? I think that the, the drugs came in the picture around, I think I tried to smoke weed when I was like... 11, 12, or like cigarettes even back at like 9 or 8 years old at school, you know. So that was like the first warning signal, I think, from teachers and stuff about cigarettes or... It, it's it's the it's the whole thing. You start to dress different. You start to think different. You don't go to your lessons. Uh, it's called lessons, right? Your classes. Oh, yeah, yeah your, your classes. classes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the drugs came in the picture when after child custody about... I don't think it's called child custody, man. I know, I know, I can't even remember. It's, it's not called prison either. It's called no. when you've been taken away to a place where other kids with the same issues is being Juvie? treated. Juvenile, juvie. Juvenile, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the word, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, when I was, uh, I was in juvie for like two and a half years. Here, one sec- should we, is it loud for you or is it just loud for me? Is he okay? Maybe p- take your mic and push it a bit What away. about now? Br- br- bring it away, bring it to like here and then down and then up uh, and then out a bit. I think that's good. This? Yeah, perfect. Cool. So it's always hard because some people talk louder than others and some oh, people are I understand. Softer. I think it's because I hear myself. That's why maybe I'm not That's talking perfect. so loud. I can hear okay, you now. Okay. Or maybe mine, these are mine. Testing, testing. Okay, better. All right. And yeah, we're good. All right, we're back. Technical. Uh, we're always adjusting here. So you're, you're in juvenile and explain that experience and kind of how that took you to what you were, uh, this, this getaway driver stuff. Okay, so I remember like, it was, uh, what can it be, like, November, I think. It was, like, 9 in the morning. I wake up, have two policemen standing in my 
in my bedroom. The social has been writing a arrest order for me to be taken care to be taken to a juvenile about two hours from where I was living. Uh, so they tell me in the police car, I'm sh- I'm scared shitless, man. Back when I was twelve, I <laughs> yeah, man, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they tell me in the car, you're just gonna be away for a weekend. So I say, I'm fuck this. As soon as we arrive, I'm gonna use dip out. I'm gonna walk home, whatever it takes. I'm not gonna stay here, you know. My mom, my mom also follows in a car behind. We come to the place. They put me in like the, the how do you say it? the care people. The people who work there, they come, introduce me, and I say later away, like, fuck you, I'm not going to stay here, I'm going to dip out. And they say, if you do that, the cops going to come back and arrest you and put you back and, and this and that. So I think their method was just like putting out uh, to threatening me, to scare me, you know. And it worked, for sure, because I never bail out. I stayed all my time, never bail. Uh, I was there for about uh, one and a half year. The, the five last month, I got to spend inside Stockholm City. Uh, I remember first night, I was really scared, man. The od- I think the other, when I was 12, I think the other kids that I was doing time with there had much bigger issues than I had. For me, it was more about I didn't find school any interesting for me. And I I was not a bad kid in overall, you know. I was not like beating up someone for no reason or like misbehaving to my family members. It was more about I used to sleep out of the lane, you know, the right lane. And the, and that those school systems they're, they're forcing you. You need to be going to school. You need yeah. To, yeah. That's the thing. Is Sweden is uh, we have like a very weird way of doing the school in Sweden. I, I would say so at least. I think we don't have so many people who work in like in the school area who has too much knowledge about how to to maybe do give direction to yeah, the kids. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. in this juvie, did you meet any? kids along the way that kind of took you on this path or did it did you learn from this did oh yeah help? of course you tried some like how do you say it small drugs inside mm. there like you tried the uh, i will say crack mm. you tried to smoke a little bit of crack you tried to like put you like snort shit up on your nose like you know those stupid things you smoke weed and cigarettes i remember someone had brought like a, a bottle of alcohol because some kids who was good behaving got to go home on the weekend okay so some of them have older brothers or they had like a drunk father home and they got to take like something when they didn't see, you know, like steal something mm-hmm. and they smuggle into the to the juvie. So that was like the happy times when you get to try something. Mm-hmm. And you're so you're in there for a year and a half. And from there, once you, you, you get you get out, you did you get sent back home? And what happened next? Uh, the last five months when I got to the other place inside Stockholm, I actually was so good behaving. So they let me go home on the weekend. Like I get to sleep home on the weekend and then I go back to the juvie inside Stockholm and doing like school every day because the first year I said, no, I'm not going to go to school. And I remember my lawyer told me, he was honest. He said, if you want to go to school here, they're going to trap you here for a long time. And I wanted to go home, you know. So I was just doing what I was doing, like keeping me for myself, just doing things behind the back of the the workers, you know. I w- never fighting or nothing like that. Never destroy anything. Just being try to behave as good as possible. But still being strategic as well. Oh, yeah, you? of course. Because I had a plan. I need to get out, you yeah. know. And I remember when you're inside a place for so long and you feel mistreated. Because, to be honest, I didn't have to go there, man. That's that's my my point of view. That's my family's point of view. Close friends to my family. Because as I told them, I'm not a bad kid, but that place made me bad. Mm. That place made me bad. 
Yeah, because you're going to learn a lot from other kids that were... You oh, know. yeah, of, of course. And you, you try so many things in the early age. So it's like you won't have an end of what you're going to try. You know? You're just going to keep doing more and more stuff. It, it kind of uh, introduced you to a lot of things that maybe yeah, you wouldn't sure. have seen if you didn't get oh, yeah, put yeah, there yeah, for as sure, well. For sure. And it also builds up a, 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 like a large amount of heat, anger inside you for like government and yeah. uh, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, especially maybe being around around the wrong people as oh, well. Oh yeah, of course. Of so course. did that? Did that after you got out? You're I'm assuming now you're like 13, 14. I think I was about I was just turning 13 when I was in the place. Yeah, the first year. So I was turning 13. So I was about 15 when I got out. Yeah. And what was next for you after that? Did this? Is this how this? Uh, I still remember the first day when I walked out of the parking lot. I was feeling like a free man, dude. Like yeah. literally, you feel like you have been doing time for so long, and you haven't been able to do what you want to do. And I think in that age, it's actually important to to experience good things, you know, not to like in that way, like being locked away from your family and not be able to see like your school friends, or I couldn't even see friends from my old school you know nothing when you came back home did you come back home at this point yeah i came back home and how did your friends look at you at this point did you were you able to still stay in touch with them or you kind I of think their parents by that time i cut all contact with all previous friends of my past life i was only hanging out with like the people who was bad before i came in so they were already growing worse you understand so yeah. they were already like tidying up for worse things until i get out and i was just catching up you know mm. so yeah what what was the next part of that story and when you you're actually getting introduced to the getaway driving how did this all connect and come together Well man uh so the same year I started to actually save money from selling stuff and and let's let's make it clear to the audience that um, we're, we're going to be discussing your involvement with this getaway drivers. We'll cut to some YouTube clips. We'll talk about this underground society and what's going on there, but let's just make it clear that you were not a driver. You were not involved, but you were around the community. Used, yeah, we we got to make this clear. So everyone understands that he's not a driver. He, he's, he's not part of the gang. It's more, he, he was part of the community That's and right. he's going to explain a little bit about what's going on in that underground community. That's right. Yep. So I start to save money. I've always been caught up. Uh, no, not caught up. I've always been chasing money. Mm. That's been my thing. So I start to save money. I try to make a plan how to make more money. I went online and I bought a broken car. I knew a friend that time. I was already hanging out with people who were liking cars, you know. It's always been around cars. So I knew one friend who was a good mechanic. He was a little bit older than me, like three or four years older than me. Uh, so when he used to turn 18, we could drive the cars, you know. So I bought a broken car, we fixed it, we put it online, and we make like triple our money. So he wanted a small cut. I got the big cut because I invested. I was the only guy who had the money. No one else had money by that time. So from there, we started to buy more cars. Until I even had so much money, I could rent like a small workshop. Like in the woods almost. Even more south from where I was living. So we started to buy cars, we started to fix them, and then we sold them. Um, even to that point that I made some good connections about uh, people who were high up in the industry of selling high-end cars. So I managed to buy a car called BMW E60 M5 with 507 horsepower original. Mine was cheap and tuned a little bit, so I was maybe had 520 horsepower, absolute beast. 
I cannot even control it at the beginning. You probably at that age, you probably don't even know how to drive this mm, thing. No man. <laughs> but even in early age, since we all were so hooked up with cars, we would in our living rooms we had like my friend's place, like this rally steering wheel where you can drive, you know, of a TV game. So even in the early days, we started to. How do you say it? Um, Practice or get involved. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But you're doing it more in the virtual yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you want to drive fast in real life also, you know. But yeah, yeah. we don't have, like, speed tracks where you can go and drive on. So it has to be the street. And mm. So I remember, like, street racing was the first thing who, what you could encounter in that age. As you see, like, people stop on the road. Everyone is getting out of the cars. And then you see two cars in the middle, a crowd around them. And then they start to, like, spin the wheels and then go away, you know. And that was, like... You want you want to have like you want to do something similar, you know. So I remember when I was a really small kid, it was this uh, series called Getaway in Stockholm, where they were driving like Porsche, uh, Ferraris. They drove everything back in like early 2000, the late 90s, with like old cameras, and they drove from the cops inside Stockholm city and those kind of things. And that was like, that was the plan, you know. You wanted to do something similar like that. So I bought this car. My friend said, I can drive from the cops. My friend, who was the mechanic. So we were, we were really tight. He said he could drive. We didn't have any cameras. We filled the car like, I think we filled like half tank, half gas up in the car. We drove on to like the main highway in Stockholm. And the result is between 10 to 15 cars in the mirrors everywhere with blue lights. It was like a fucking Christmas tree in the back. And I was like, I was seeing like 15, turning, almost turning 16 years old. I was so hyped, like screaming in the car. And he's just seeing like an ice cold killer and driving. No, n- don't even look at me. Don't even look anywhere. He's so focused. And that was like, I even get goosebumps now. It was, that was something different. It's like, you're, it's like losing your virginity for the first time. That's, Dude. That, that's that, first, that first pop. But... When you did that first, that f- this was the first time this happened? Yeah? This was the first what? time it happened. Did you have any plan or strategy when you got started? You are just like, fuck it, let's go and see what happens. The, oh, so my biggest, uh, the biggest thing that I regret today is that we didn't have any cameras. And that's what I learned with the years. When you're doing this, if you're going to drive from the cops, always make sure to have camera. Because people is never going to believe it and you're never going to have any proof about this. What is the motivation or incentive for this type of uh, racing? Is it pure Ad- adrenaline. Pers- per- pure adrenaline yeah, rush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no monetary gain. No, no, no. I no, mean, no. yeah, you get your video on YouTube, but that's that's not the point, is that, it? That, I think that's just to prove to get like a good scene. But the main thing where we do it is because you want adrenaline. So mm. let, let's pull that up because I want to then jump back into like the underground scene and understanding how that all operates. Um, but I guess Hans, do you want to just quickly cut to, um, one of the videos just to give it people an idea of what we are talking about? Because it isn't, and, and it, that you can cut back and, and explain that a bit. This is not street racing. This is no, completely different. This is, this is, uh, I will say street drifting, including with getaway as well. So what are we watching here? So here we're watching my car driving inside Stockholm city. Okay. And so this is the beginning. Are you guys like actively looking around for like the we police? Act- like we see here, we find the cops now. So okay. now we want to do something fun. We have about three to four cameras, GoPros each time on a car. Yeah. And this clip actually got very famous on Facebook. 
But the funny thing is, when the cops see us here, they already know who is behind the wheel. They know who's in the passenger seat. They know who put the cameras on. They know everything already. But they, they know meaning like they can come knock on your door, they know? or they Literally, know. but they don't have any proof. Gotcha. Uh, is that freezing? That's why you see they're not going to chase us now. The only thing they do now is they're reporting around to the other patrolling vehicles around this area. So all of them know, okay, they're coming now from this and this, 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 this place. So the only thing you can go is try to block the road somewhere. That and ain't gonna How work. do you guys plan for that? Because do you, now this do you is, have, do you have police pure, scanners? This, no, no, no. We got nothing. This is pure, uh, how do you say it? It's just gambling, man. It's just trying. We're just trying to find them. Some days when we try to record, we don't even find them. It can be that bad. We know some spots they stand, they have their coffee break. But some days they're not even there. We tried everything. Mm -hmm. And remember, I'm, this is the third movie. Then we have the first movie and the second movie. The cops know this for a long time. And right now, so it's, it's again, you kind of just get rolling and now you're still looking for We're the gonna cops. We're going to see the cops now. They're coming now, yeah. right? Gonna see them oh, there. that's probably them back there with the, and then they'll they'll toss on the blue lights. Fast forward, maybe a bit. And which car is this? BMW E60 M5. Okay, so this is that first car that you you yeah the fight. Well, actually, it's not my first oh, here car. We go. But so this now is you're in the tunnel. Car. This is the this is also okay. Let's watch this here. YouTube. Yeah, I saw this clip you were showing yeah. it to me. So it's funny. Why why don't they turn the lights on right now? Anyway, the police love this. I can tell you. Every Christmas, we drop one DVD movie with the, 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 how do you say it, the official label and everything in the police mailbox where we live. Yeah. So I'm sure they watch it on the coffee break. They fucking love it. They probably want to be involved in the chase a little bit too. Uh, man, they love to <laughs> chase. This is so funny. They love to chase. Have they you ever had a conversation with them or heard from people that have talked to the cops about like these situations and their uh, feedback on it? Well, I remember one, one cop that I had some encounters with. Okay, that's good. You can cut that off. Yeah. And this yeah. guy was actually a car fan himself, this cop. And he, I think he had like, I don't know, three or four years in service. Uh, I remember my car was not legally to drive since I had like summer tires on, winter time, and my plates was off. So the cops pulled me over and they say, you cannot, uh, you cannot continue driving the car from here. You have to tow it. Yeah. So while the cops are towing it, they tell me to wait in his in the car with him. So he's sitting in the front seat and I sit in the back seat. And he looks back at me and say, like, dude, that's a good fucking car, I said. And then I asked him what car you drive himself. And he was driving like a Subaru or something. And he was he said that he's really a big fan of high speed chases. So he know already. He probably and we would call like I, I guess do you have the, the, the term in this industry we call the white whale? Mm. Meaning like there's that one guy the cops are looking for. You mean if that's me? No, no, not if that's you, but just in general, like the cops, like they have someone on their radar mm -hmm. that like, you know, we're going after, we've been looking for this guy. It doesn't even need to be in Sweden, anywhere in the world. But is there like a term in I, your industry for that I, I type think, of person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we all, I think we all in the group have been in that position. Okay. You get pulled over every day, every day. Even if it's not about this, they check you for drugs, they check you for Everything, if you're sober, like, they check on you every day. As soon as you buy a new car and they find you, it's like, fuck, they know now my new registration plate. You understand? So if they see that car anywhere in the streets, they're pulling They're going to pull you over as soon as they see you. But with that car, if you drive with cameras on and no plates, they're not going to drive. Yeah, so immediately you've taken the plates off anyways. Because they're not going to stop you then. Yeah, yeah, they know. But the other side is we want them to come. So sometimes we even drive with my plates. But then they just straight go home to my house and they wait. 
Ah, shit. So that now, would you have the plates already in the car so that you can kind of put? Oh them yeah, back? for sure, for sure. I actually had the plate never on the with screws. I had it in the window. Okay. Yeah, and you say, oh, the back must have been lost. Yeah. Now, anyone looking? I'm assuming this community. It's still it's still going. It's still active. If people it's are, it's still active in some ways. Yeah, it's uh, one guy who is continue doing these things. Uh, this is this was recorded many years ago, 2015. Yeah. Uh, the guy who is doing it now is how do you say it? I would say he stole it a little bit. The idea. Mm. We also work with the guy, but uh, I have no comments on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my involvement with him and and the <laughs> how do you say it? The partnership about work with doing movies. I was already leaving Sweden by that time, so I have nothing to say about that. Do any companies reach out to you for sponsorship? Yeah, we had actually. I wouldn't say we because back in the second movie, in the first movie, uh, the guy behind the scenes, Mr. Highway himself, had sponsorships from like small, like car styling companies or like uh, to shade your windows. How do you say it? Tint, tint, yeah, tint yeah, yeah, yeah. Tint companies or like yeah. you, you rap, rapping companies about rap color on your car and stuff. Yeah. This guy, so you, you mentioned Mr. Highway. Mr. Highway. Um, He's the guy behind the production from the first movie to the third one. Yeah. And they're still working and they're still operating. And and the and this it's is actually it's actually rumors that the fourth movie is gonna come. Okay. Yeah. And then is that primarily still being run by these people? I have no comments. Okay. What um. If people were looking to get involved in that, because again, this is Sweden, did you get involved into other European countries or is it kind of, are you working with other people? I remember before uh, before the third movie released, it's it's about, I think, three main, we have three main drivers in the third movie. One Mercedes C63, we have one Audi RS4, and we have my car. Uh, We had some, like, thoughts that we should do getaway in, like, France, Germany... Spain, Norwegian, Denmark, but in the same way, we always know that some cops in other places can be much worse. And and literally, the last biggest chase we had with my car was actually used fun, pure fun entertainment. It actually ended up with my car being taken by the police for two months. Because the I would say the driver had to run away from the car. It was that bad. It was so many cops... Uh, we had like you know they they pull out the the spikes on the road yeah yeah so we had like everywhere in the roads and on the tires yeah, it's like that game Need for Speed so they took it <laughs> they took they took the car for two months uh, the car was so fucked up when I got it back they actually the cops tried to drive in the car from behind when it was driving from the chase yeah so it was that bad that the police car got damaged but my car had only scratches and those scratches went away by polishing the car. Mm. But I ha- actually seen the, the police car afterwards uh, with damage on. Can those cop cars keep up with you guys at all? Like, what's the horsepower on them? I will say now it's a, it's a, it's a dead game, man. If you do it now, you, it's, a, it's so dangerous to do it now. The, the police cars now in Sweden are very, like, high-end engines. In the new V90 Volvo, it's, it's a beast. We always know that the cops had, like, special civilian cars, like a Mercedes C63. They had... They had a, like a BMW with a big diesel engine. And those are like, if, you, if they're going to come behind you, it's going to be like a real chase. Because the funny fact is the cop drivers are actually, in a legal way, how do you say, trained race drivers. Right. But the guys behind the scenes here are used like, how do you say, as a hobby, you know. 
It's like an am, you know, it's it's an amateur almost. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the sure, cops are sure. actually training on tracks, and they they have experience and like. I would say the yeah. the main drivers in the movie would be, if you have those in police cars, the drivers from the movie, pff, you're gonna be fucked, man. If people are looking to to join these communities, is there like an a, an underground back door? Like, how would you? The the point is, uh, uh, like, how would you even get involved? Like. Uh, we had pure luck, man. Yeah, we okay. actually saw, we noticed for a long time about Highway, before even I was involved in uh, the third movie. We, I saw Mr. Highway on a gas station. So I, I had my car and I pulled up to him and said, we can drive. And he was like, so here's my number. Let's meet up in this parking spot in about 20 minutes and we see what's happening from there. So I, we came there, we met some of the crew members and... Actually, one of his guys, who was like the best driver then, said, I'm going to drive your car and see if it's actually capable of driving. He drove the car. He was shit. My friend drove the car, and they was like, this is going to be something different. So he said about, give me two days. I reach out to you, and we meet up. We set up the cameras, and we, we used to go out and go for a spin. Used to go for a spin and see how it looked with the cameras. We put on the cameras, and that was the chase that you saw there. Mm. When we drive in front of the cops. Have you ever had an experience that was maybe too close for comfort where you almost didn't get away? Or not not you, but in, in terms of... Uh, oh, yeah, when the car was pounded by the cops. Yeah. That was a long run, man. I had to run very, very long. Uh, yeah, for sure. Not really particularly in that car, but I had like an older BMW E34 with a V8 engine, and that was like almost the cops could catch up on you. But those cars, you can drive in 300. Mm. So I think the record behind the wheel for me is about 321 kilometers, exactly. You were going. Jesus Christ. And like you were saying, you thought about, okay, should we, like, this community, should we do it in France, Germany? But, I mean, the advantage... We had so many ideas, man. I, I mean, the advantage of you doing it in, let's say, Sweden, isn't a big part of it that you know the roads? Oh, yeah, for sure. We all been on these roads since we were ch uh, kids. So you know where you can accelerate every oh, corner. Most definitely, yeah. yeah. So even though we even had like, I remember Mr. Highway, he is the legend himself about like coordinating. So when we had driver behind the wheel with cameras on and cops behind, he's saying like, you're going to turn here in 500 meters and you're going to go here and then we're going to go up here and spin around. He knows all the roads, all the roads in Stockholm and on the south side. Yeah. But if, if also... If the helicopter comes out, it's going to be a tough, tough move. Has that happened? Not, not for me, though. No. Not for me. It ha I've heard some, some things now since I left Sweden about some other guys uh, related to the movie. And we also have people from Getaway Stockholm back in the 90s and 2000s who had helicopters behind them. What, um, why you, would the police bring out the helicopter? Usually the, the helicopter comes if they're already out doing something. Okay, so they're not yeah. going to start the thing up. Yeah, They yeah. could do if it's... I think now they could do it because now the cops are really like, they're going to stop the car no matter what. They're going to do whatever it takes. But back in the days, they actually gave up because you drive so fast, they cannot find you. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. I just noticed we had a racing game in the background. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah, cool. that's dope. All right. Um, so you did this. Wh when did you kind of leave this life and what led you to leave, lead, uh, sorry, leave this life and I move on to better things? I think the group behind the scenes from the beginning has always been uh, it's never been like a how do you say it a healthy tight group it's been a very unhealthy broken group people everyone has had issues 
self issues and it's been very very broken for a long time even when i came in it was very bad very bad yeah because for yourself you're still quite young and, mm. and, and you yeah when i was involved in this i was only 15 16 yeah mm. and you're still quite young I'm without still revealing young, your age too much um but at this point in time, I mean, people are doing this for the adrenaline rush, and it's not for monetary gain. So, um, as you maybe you want to move your ankle down. Oh, sorry. And then, anyways, it's on me. Doesn't matter. Just to help you in case. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, as um, there was a monetary gain in this community. Now you're in Phuket, you, you're, you're telling us, hey, you're well off, you're doing well. Are you able to share with us of what did you do to make yourself successful? Is that, are you allowed to share that with the audience? I was fucking broke in the end. Uh, I actually sold my car, invested, uh, as I told you, I always been wanted to chase money. Yeah? So the selling cars was nothing in, in the long run that was working. I actually got caught up having different kind of addiction of substances, alcohol and stuff. That made me lose like most of my money. I was completely on the bottom. Had no money, nothing. No one to support me financially. Uh, my my parents, especially my mom, supported me a lot during that time with the financial and places to stay. And even though I was so young, they you know you ha still have child custody. You have to take care of your child. Uh, I think for me now, my saving, my. How do you say it? Saving grace? Like, what's, yeah, what has, saved you? Has literally been crypto. Okay. So I invested when I was 17. I sold my car and sold... I had, like, two Segways. You know Segway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I actually had with, like, a, a seat on it. You were seeing, like, an old man on it. I had two of them. I sold, like, a motorbike and I sold my car. And I got knowledge about some people in Hua Hin in Thailand who were flying over to Malaysia... And they have discovered like this new cryptocurrency company who are completely independent. They were trying to do the same as like Binance is doing now with exchange and all that kind of stuff. I was, I was so sold on it. I invested about 50 grand on it, US dollars. I lost everything. By that time, it was like, it was like either it's suicide or I don't know, I'm working at McDonald's. So. I always had a long story in Thailand since my family had two houses here since I was a child. So I went here. I started to meet some people and I was back back then I was still in a tourist visa. What year is this? This was uh, 2019. Okay. Yeah. So I went to Thailand 2019. I got uh, as I told you, I got broke from the end of 2017 to 18. So I was about one year in Sweden with no money, like almost homeless, nothing. I got some money. I went to Thailand. It's cheap to stay here. Would you think so at least? Yeah. By that time, but before you leave here. Depends on the lifestyle yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I made another investment in crypto. I invested like in Solana. I invested in a company called AVAX. Yep. And that way, straight up to the moon, man. You got, but you got in very early. Like, what was the market cap when you got in? I don't even remember. Like, the beginning, almost. I can't remember, man. I smoked, I smoked too much marijuana by that time. Okay. I, and I was also in a heavily accident 2019 when I was crossing a road inside Stockholm and a taxi drove way too quick and actually hit my... I'm so tall. I'm almost two meters. He hit my kneecaps. I flew up in the air 
and I somehow landed on my back head and my front head. So I was like, I had memory losses for a long time and I had problems with my spine and stuff. But for now, I'm fucking happy to be able to stand on my feet. I'm completely healthy. I'm normal. I lost a lot of weight, though, but we're getting back there. Uh, crypto was my... That was literally my... That was the thing that saved me. Now, after the accident, then you kind of came to Thailand and, and you... Yeah, that was like, I, 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 I cannot stay anymore because I'm broke. I have my... You know, it's not fun to be around in the cold when you have this accident. So after that, I of course, in between, I had like... I don't want to go deep, too deep in it. I had like a small work about renting out electric scooters inside Stockholm. Uh, you have seen the in Europe the scooters you stand on? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the companies was just starting up. They needed a team leader. So thanks to Mr. Highway. <laughs> I got a uh, shout out to him, by the way. He hooked me up on that work. I worked there, but I couldn't work for so long due to my injury. So I decided to go to Thailand since I had free to stay here in one of my parents' house. Yep. And I, I, my dad lended me about $1,000 to stay here for like maintaining myself, but I invested all in crypto. Because okay. people say like, oh, you can do crypto and you can do this and this online. And I feel like I should give it a second chance because I always heard the people who lose the first time when doing these kind of investments online, when they do the second one in crypto, that's where they win. And I was doing it and I made some good profit in the first run. I reinvested it and as I'm still gaining profit until today and three, three years later. And this was still the Solano or other, what other currencies oh. were, you, were you all over the place? I remember when I was investing in a little bit in Bitcoin and then I just realized the people who invest in Bitcoin and Ethereum are like, they, they don't understand it. That, that's how I see it. Mm -hmm. You're not going to make any money on that. Not anymore. No. If, you have, if you made money like I did on Solana and AVAX by that time, you already feel like you have to find the, the lower caps when you get inside. If yeah. you go into these large market caps, you're going to make the people who invested many years behind you rich. But yeah. you're not going to make any money. And I want to make quick money and large amounts of money. Yeah, I mean, if you're in Ethereum, Ethereum's at 3,000 today. I mean, let's be honest. It's Of course, you can make some money in Ethereum. Ethereum is going to be like a purchase method, even for NFT. You can yeah. already see how, it's, how it works. But what we use for Bitcoin? We have Bitcoin in El Salvador for payments, but we're not going to use it in Europe. I don't think we're going to use it in America either. Yeah, I think it will probably be more like a digital gold. And, yeah. and I think this one, the, the good thing about the Bitcoin, I, I feel, is that once it's all mined, the big holders are just going to, like, manipulate the market and this thing's going to be worth $250,000 and it's just going to be a hold. Um, but, yeah, Ethereum, it's more, Ethereum's interesting because it's almost like a software mm. and a blockchain and a coin. So uh, I think Ethereum and Solano, they're going to start being used more like like a software, like, as you see with NFTs. Yeah. Um, so for yourself now, you've, you've, you've recently come to Phuket. You've left Hua Hin. Are you planning on staying here or what's your plan? I actually left, I left Hua Hin. I moved to Bangkok. Uh, I actually started to invest in exporting, global export to West Africa Okay. with a Thai company. Didn't work out so well. So left Bangkok, back to Hua Hin. So tired of staying there. Just, I'm used working i'm not really like entertaining myself in the party industry or anything i've just been like low-key trying to stack as stack as much money as possible and uh, eventually i 
I got in my mind like I need to go somewhere else. Cannot stay in Oain, so I moved. I I tried Pattaya for two months. Too it's crazy. Like the worst thing ever, man. I actually live in Jomtain, not even inside Pattaya. I went inside Pattaya like three or four times. I don't. Need, I can't stay there. So I I find a company who could um, transport all my shit, my car, my dog. I have like a big home gym as well, because when the lockdown came, you know, I I have been since. 7th of March 2020 that's been I've been permanent because 2019 I was still traveling to Spain and Sweden and Denmark in between for holiday but after the 7th of March 2020 I've been permanent in Thailand mm. so when the lockdowns came I decided to invest in like a bigger home gym so every lockdown that came I buy more stuff so it, now in the end I have so much stuff I need to pay so much money to transport it to where I'm gonna move so first I transported from Wahin to Pattaya yeah. and then from Pattaya to Phuket. And, and was there a reason for that? Like why not just go to the gyms or because they were locked down as well? Of course, I, I think the gym is much better. But since I'm staying so much home and working from home, I find it more convenient for me to work out at home as well. And you came down here, are you, you're, are you by yourself? Are you with family, friends, or how are you operating? I'm, I'm with my dog. Okay, and that this yeah. is a, um, I won't go into where you're living and all that, mm. but um, what what's your plan for Phuket? Do you plan to stay here a while? Is, is I, have ha I have many business plans, man. I want to open uh, a food truck selling hamburgers. I already have people who who want to join this with me. I, I have some other plans. I don't want to go into too much detail about it since I want to keep it a secret until it's being revealed, but my main focus now is just I find a nice place very remotely inside the jungle I'm living now, away yep. from all the tourists and all that crap. So I think I'm just doing the regular. I'm just trying to stack as much money as I can. And when I feel the time has come, I'm going to do some business here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a, a Swedish friend that owns Prime Burger. Do you know Prime Burger? I try Prime Burger. This yeah. is to, Tobias. Shout out Prime Burger. It's, I think it's fucking awesome. It is, um, it, it is good. He, I, had it is a, good. he had a food truck up at Blue Tree. But then it, um, um, uh, COVID hit. Sorry, the C mm. word hit. We don't like uh, YouTube to ban us. Um, but now he's got an operation in Rawai and I believe Patong. And he had one in Bangkok and Pattaya as well. Uh, go check it out. It's fucking awesome. So you guys, you're thinking about maybe to do kind of a burger truck as well. Something mobile or would it be fixed? To be honest, man, I want to be the winner when it comes to the meat. <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying i think uh, i try many burger places some of them are good i think in sweden we have a very large community of hamburg lovers i think that's where it comes from, from beginning to have like this well you have a prime burger in sweden i'm pretty sure right like but it's not his yeah, chain. yeah, yeah. it's we not have. He, it's not his have. chain he told me that it's like yeah. he just took the idea from sweden and brought it here but there's an actual real prime burger i think in sweden. i think it is yeah i've yeah. never tried it though yeah to be honest um, and when, when do you think that could come to, to life? Could possibly take, taking place tomorrow if I'm on it, but yep. I just moved here. It's been a lot of moving for me yep. and especially for me doing everything by myself, only my age. I'm only 22. Sometimes I even forget that. It's a lot of things. Just getting your visa done, getting you like... When you set up your own company in your name and like all these things is, is a big headache of staying here. Yeah, and it's, it's a lot of like, you know, 
loops to figure out and when you're doing it on your own especially if you don't have uh, a thai person next to you to really help you i had some thai people helping me yeah but in the long run you need to get your shit done by yourself most of the times that's how i experience it what do you what are your thoughts on a comparison between huahen pattaya phuket bangkok talk a bit about that what are the differences what do you like what don't you like well i think huahen is like everyone say it's quiet for me, it feels like exactly like home. It feels as much home as Sweden since first time I stepped in Wahin was like 2005 in a construction ground where my house was building, you know. I still remember it until today. Wahin is always going to be my home. Even Charm, we had a house there too on the beach when I was a kid. Uh, it felt too much home, you know. The same thing, you want to get away. Like, I think most people stay in Thailand want to get away from their country. I just want to get away from the cold. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, most definitely. But if we compare it to Pattaya, I felt Pattaya is bigger. It's a little bit more infrastructure, uh, maybe too much. It's overcrowded with old men, and I think it's it's leaning more towards the party party side. Not really my thing, not anymore. But if you ask me now, I think Puget is the best man. Yeah. I want to be as close as possible to nature, which I am now. It was fucking hard for me to find this house from staying now. I find one literally inside the jungle with only one neighbor, which is, I'm very happy for that. Yeah, it's um, it's hard in Phuket to find like the best location of what's going to be. And I came now when the high season is like at its finest top, you know. Everyone say, oh, the price now, it's because of high season and this and that. So it's been very hard to negotiate with different agents and... And as soon as a good house come out on the marketplace, right away it's taken away by someone else before you. Yeah, and I think they always talk about high season, but I never really felt it. it, it it's just, it's just it's a way to yeah, make yeah. up. Because it's not really... And a lot of the Russians are leaving now because of the whole war. Yeah, I know. So um, maybe it's maybe it's I a good time not to I rent th- if you want to rent I something. I think so, yeah. I think a lot of them are... are it's uh, The prices will, will go down as well. Um, let's jump back to, to the, the getaway driving and that community as well. Um, did you connect with other communities in other countries or did you guys kind of just stick together and do oh your yeah, thing? Oh yeah, for sure. It's been, uh, when we released the third movie, it's been very public on Facebook and Instagram and people have been talking it in many countries. We had a large fan base in Russia uh, Spain, we had literally everywhere, even America, we had so many places and continents who has been supporting and showing a lot of love to what we have been doing. Do you see this, carry? not not you specifically, but does this exist in Thailand, maybe with the Thai community doing similar things as well, or you haven't seen it here? I think I've seen like uh, hobby-style cars for drifting. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been seeing. But I haven't seen like any high-end cars driving in the way like we have been doing in the same way, no. I think it, the road are not even so good here to do it. It's not too, well, uh, I don't know if I'll go into detail. That's yeah, okay. It's not too bad because actually it's funny. When you leave the island here um, and go to Kalak, the, the road, road is good. Yeah. The road's amazing. Yeah. Because but I think if the cops chase you here, you're going to have a 9 millimeter in the window or on the yeah. motorbike behind you. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Especially if you're driving like, like violent driving on the road, you're gonna you're gonna get in trouble. And yeah. it's so many motorbikes here with kids and families on no helmets. So I think it's a very dumb thing to risk that. Yeah, too dangerous. They can just come out of nowhere. And, and we have been yeah. driving like on late Sundays or you know when everyone is asleep in Sweden. You don't risk anyone's life. Yeah. 
do you see yourself ever going back to that lifestyle? Never. Because, like you said, there's an adrenaline rush to it as well. So, I mean... Oh, yeah, for sure. I think I find that by find easy ways for me to make large amounts of money. That is always my number one priority. To make as much money as possible in the easy way as possible. There's more adrenaline I there. am never happy by myself. Never. Mm. Even if I make 50,000 baht a day, I'm not happy. I'm never going to be happy. Do you think that will you'll continue like that into uh, as you turn you know get older 30 40 because like they said I mean uh, chasing money it's great and all but if you don't have an end goal you're just going to keep chasing that purple dragon I mean um, do I I think uh, I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I moved here from the beginning to Phuket because I feel it's more peaceful here in the way I want to live like in the jungle and stuff uh, I think with time stuff going to be better yeah do you see yourself getting more back with nature by living in the jungle? Meaning, are you oh, going yeah, to sure. really try to understand nature, watch some YouTube, uh, understand what is going on in your surrounding as well, and how to how to uh, to live in that environment? I think both yes and no, yeah. Like, because even I think with time, with time now, it's gonna it's gonna be more and more connected with me, especially living in the jungle, in like in this house I'm living in. Uh, I think with time it's going to be better and better. But as I told you, it's been stressful moments for me to move so much as I've been doing. I never feel like I find my, my home sweet spot yet. So I hope this is going to be it. Do you plan to do some of your own, like, I don't want to just say gardening, but growing your own maybe vegetables, fruit, and just kind of... Oh, yeah. Because by living in your location, it could make sense. Most definitely would be something I would do in the future, yeah. But not for now. Now you're just focused on your your these businesses. Uh, do you have any crypto yeah. crypto advice for anyone out there? Something that you're looking at, or are you kind of already holding and you're stable? I think the first one would be never invest in Bitcoin. No. Yeah. I will, Ethereum, no comments. And I think for the second one is everyone gonna lose. Every no one is just gonna invest, and then the the market is just gonna take you up here, and then you can buy your Lambo. No, it's gonna be a long way, man. And I think everyone has to go through these losses to see some achievements. That's as, that's that's my biggest advice. To from the time you lose, you have to keep going because when you give up, the loss is gonna be taking over you, most definitely. Yeah, you don't want that to eat you alive either. Mm. Do you have any like smaller market cap coins? Anything you're looking at now? The graph. I've been holding it for a while. Uh, I would say my top. If you ask my top three what I'm holding, I would say number one is Moon River. Have you heard about yeah. it? Uh, I also hold a large amount of Matic, Polygon. Polygon, yeah. I also hold a lot of Phantom, Super Farm. I would say like the lower caps. I would say like, I don't know the cap of the graph. The graph. I'm, not, I'm not sure, no. Uh, well, Polygon's up there now. It's layer two over the Ethereum blockchain. I how mean, many coins do you hold yourself? Me, all Ethereum. I can't. Most Ethereum is yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah. all Ethereum because we're. I'm, I see a, a lot of people have like I don't believe in diversification because I kind of come from this Warren Buffett mentality. It's like why the fuck would I invest in thirty different projects? Because I know, I know, I know. I don't like this. I, I like the mentality of mm. you know how hard it is to find thirty winners. Yeah. I so know, by I picking know. thirty, you're just saying, well, for sure, I'm losing a bunch mm. of these. So for me, my mentality is I like to pick one or two winners and I go all in. Yeah, I've actually changed strategy with time a lot. In the beginning, uh, when I was gaining money, I was like, I need to buy everything. So I was spreading yeah. out. But the thing is, 
I never spread out like thirty dollars, fifty dollars. No. I put like large amounts of money because I had money to invest. So I put it like literally everywhere until the point all my money is in crypto. Yeah. So as soon as I need to buy something, I just go to Bitcoin and I withdraw it in Thaibot. Yeah, so at least now you're connected to Bitcoin and there's no... Um, I'm heavily, no I'm also heavily invested in Bitcoin. I have a lot of money in Bitcoin. I own Kube. A lot of a Kube. A lot of Kube coin. I think they go into a thousand baht this year. You think so? I think so. Yeah, it's a, be, and that could also be... Literally, one of my friends told me yesterday, he called me and like, oh dude, I lose like... I have Bitcoin. I was sending it through this Thai exchange. He told me about it all the time because when you say you should use Bitcoin, people say, oh, no, no, no. It's so hard to register. You need to use your passport. And ta I even had to show how much I paid in tax because of my work permit. You need a work permit. That's the only well, way you can open now. I don't think you can do because I heard some people even from like, how do you say it? Low developed countries who have used tourist visa. Really? Yeah. I, but that could have been before. See, I tried to open, but now you need. it's showing you need a work so you, permit. Oh, you don't have it. Well, let me open. I, how I move my money around is a bit different. Oh, okay, <laughs> dude. I understand. It's I understand. All, I'm all DeFi. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't. would also say a good advice is gaming crypto. That is going to be... Like a sand, uh, mana. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't invest in sand or mana. I have, actually have... I To be honest, I have about $500 in sand. That's it. Yeah, I'm. I've been watching Sand. The reason why I'm interested in it is because it's around three dollars. I think three twenty. But the all-time high was eight point five, and it's kind of following Ethereum. So Ethereum's at three. I think Ethereum three thousand. I think Ethereum, if it goes to five, well, it's not doubling. But for sure, Sand will double to triple. Of course, if you want to have like a safe investment with low risk, of course, Sand, Mana, Engine, yeah. Ada. Uh, I would never look at my eyes at Ada. Never. You're you're looking for those low market caps and trying to go. I'm I'm, in, I'm, I'm into pure gamble, man. <laughs> and if you ask me for like a safe investment, I would say Matic, all in Matic or Phantom or. Is Phantom representing the Phantom Wallet, or is that the same company in the same coin? Dude, I don't even know. Because Phantom Wallet is like you know MetaMask, right? I have MetaMask. Because Phantom is, I think it's for Solano Network. That's why. Uh, the, you can use the Phantom Phantom Hot Wallet on the Solana. To be honest, sometimes uh, I don't even look so much about technology behind a coin. Mm. For me, I'm looking more towards is people gonna invest in this. Mm. If I feel like now people people read about this, they're not gonna feel it's something nothing convenient to invest in. I'm not gonna do it. How do you do your research when you're trying to pick a winner? Oh, hard to say, man. I'm in a different state of mind when I'm in that position. Sometimes I do losses. But most of the times, I'm doing wins. Uh, I mean, like, when you're going to put your money into a, a mm. coin with a low market cap, are you reading white papers or are you kind of just gambling? I'm reading some white papers, yeah. But uh, I also consult with different people, what other people investing in and stuff like that, or, like, sponsorships and stuff. Where do you see the entire crypto market moving in the next six months? Do you think it's going to make I, a comeback? I think it's going to make a large comeback with the, the metaverse, meta. Yeah. gaming i think this thing's gonna blow up in the next 20 months it's gonna be huge yeah i agree as well even though it's it's so crazy to think that the gaming world is going to make money i think it's quite evident that it will because one of the biggest things happening now is ea sports on uh gaming where like some of the kids playing fortnite in those stadiums are making 
five million, ten million dollars. They're making more money than anyone else out there now. Yeah. And those events are fucking huge, man. So I think that's a good indicator of what's to come. Most definitely. I think gaming crypto is going to take over. And some people are not even looking at it. They're just looking at the top 10 coins, like, no. what should I invest in? I think that's the completely wrong strategy. Are you talking about gaming metaverses or gaming coins? Gaming coins and gaming metaverses. Mm, which, one, which one? Like Axie Infinity? I think that's a too large market cap for me. I have... I, I'm not a big fan of Axie. I, th I think the game is shit, to be honest. Yeah. I think Engine is a much better... Uh, choice if you want to go like something on the top list of cryptos with those caps i will go with engine um those metaverses now essentially the land in there that is nfts are, are you starting to look into nfts i actually hold two nfts mm. from the jungle uh, it's called destroyer the, the one mark cobain invested in i'd have to the, the problem is there's so many yeah that's that, like thing. everyone has one and I, i've yeah. been trying to i have some knowledge i know how to buy it I know some products that are, people tell me like you should buy this, you should buy this, and I said no, I'm too like I'm too focused on crypto now. I don't have time. And then I see they make like 10, 15 x's their money in a day. Yeah. So of course the thought is there about starting to do it, but as for now, I'm so busy doing research about crypto, and I feel. I don't know. I feel some people have chosen uh, between crypto and NFT. I don't hear so many people uh, close to me who are like heavily invested in both or like doing regular money in both. So I think for me now, I should stick to where I make my money and that is crypto. Yeah, and if that's what you're, you're confident in as well, the NFT world, like one day in the metaverse or, or dealing with NFTs feels like a week in real life. Like it is so, oh, yeah, yeah. It's so draining. I think sand is going to definitely come back at the top very yeah. top but i think in the same time it's not really that impressive if you know what i mean yeah it's a lot of smoke and mirrors it's just because you mm. get these guys like snoop dogg and steve aoki i buying. think those are the people who lead it yeah see now where, where i think there's a i don't want to call them scams or whatnot but i mean when you got guys like snoop dogg buying all this land did he really buy it or is it a marketing scam that sand has given them the land do you know what I? So I, yeah, I I'm always, I know I'm very skeptical about these these uh, promotional. You know, celebrity buys this lamb, celebrity I buys know, that, know. or so, this NFT, or, or yeah. Or, yeah I, I feel there's a bit of a a couple loopholes there where it's like, did that celebrity buy that NFT, or did they airdrop it, or give them the Ethereum to buy I it? I think most of them are airdrops. I think so. Yeah, I really most do. definitely. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, I do. Um. Now we'll we'll go back to the lifestyle living in Phuket because this part of the usually this part of the show or this part of the segment whatever we like to ask everyone what is a typical day for you? What time are you getting up in the morning? Can you, you just walk us through your day so we can understand your routine? Yeah, yeah. so I wake up six forty-five. By <laughs> I have actually my neighbor next door, and then on the it's a concrete. It's called concrete. Yeah. Yeah. On the street, we have like a, it's not a temple, but it's a praying spot. So people gathering there to pray from 6.45 to 8 in the morning. So I wake up exactly when they start to pray every morning. I get up, I take down my dog from the hill to walk. I get up from the hill again, takes me about an hour. So I'm, I'm not eating anything from wake up. So I get up to the mountain again about 9 to my house doing breakfast. By 10, I'm starting to do research and look at them how the market is going. 
sometimes even look at the market as soon as I wake up, just to know if I have any time to take profits or or invest. I'm always ready. And, and after yeah. that, I told you I'm heavily invested now in my home gym. I'm actually continuing investing in this. And I feel in the end, I will not be able to leave this place since it's going to be so much equipment. I just got my new cable machine sent from Bangkok. Uh, so I'm doing like my exercise between 10 to 12, somewhere in between there for an hour. And then I have like a shake and then I'm starting to get in my meals. I'm trying to gain some more weight now since I lost so much through my accident. So I'm trying to get in between five to six meals per day. Oh, shit. Shout out to Pure Prep, by the way, and why they're the best. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things yeah, about them. Yeah, they're so good, man. I don't know if they would deliver this far, though. They deliver. Oh, uh, this far, I don't know, but they deliver to me, though, and I live pretty far away. And are you living off Pure Prep? Uh, like, most of your No, meals? I actually cook a lot of food at home, like plant-based food, actually. Yeah. I are, do. Are, are you a meat eater? Or are you? I am definitely a meat eater, okay. but I think when you find these solutions where you can eat plant-based with, like, more protein containing in certain things and meat i think that's a better choice yeah you just the gut health you feel a bit more yeah uh, most bloated yeah, 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 yeah i don't eat any any like spicy food though uh it's hard the thai spice the that chili is it's just, different it's, it's another different. level i can handle it but just the next day yeah that's the problem turns. that's the problem i'm okay yeah. when i eat it it's just the next day i'm like Fuck, and that's gonna man. make me caught up by just having that issue the whole day and then yeah and and then i find that next day you don't eat well and yeah, then it fucks up yeah and after my gym, I'm like, usually, as I told you, I don't have any other work since I don't need to work. I used to do my, like, taking profits or reinvesting into things. Or some days I'm barely doing nothing than just trying to maintain my health. I do a lot of exercise with my dog, too. I take my car and we can go to different places to walk and stuff. And, yeah, I'm also doing a lot of... Uh, Planning now about businesses I want to do here. I still don't want to reveal it, but yep. I have a lot of plans coming. So in between all, maybe we can call that a work actually. Between all of that, I'm trying to do as much research of, uh, that I can of uh, crypto and uh, upgrade my lifestyle as best as I can with things. Have you gotten to any meditation here on the island? Because I find a lot of people that come to Thailand because of the Buddhist culture that yeah, they start to move towards meditation, even if that's as simple as laying in your bed in your morning and thinking about your I'm day. I'm going to, I'm actually looking now to order a customized uh, ice tub. Oh, so for cold baths. Yeah, for cold yeah, baths. Yeah. With, uh, so I can put it with, uh, like, an, how do you say, an engine? So we can go to like minus degrees. You can get like literally the coldest water Fuck ever. You know, that's what I'm trying to order here now. Yeah, well, let me know. I'd I'd be interested in that. I see. I, I got for my sure bath, bathtub in there. We could grab a beer inside it if you want. Yeah, for sure. I I've I went to a place two days ago. It's up the road. Uh, it's not that cold. It's called Lemonade. I think it's called Lemonade. They got a they got like an herbal steam room mm. and a uh have an ice bath an ice bath but it's only like ice bath it's right? only like 10 mm. so it's not really an ice bath I, I want like literally like minus or zero degrees i want that well one. those are the ones that's i find especially like i get a lot of knee pain because i played a lot of hockey when i was a kid and like some days i if i'm at the gym i can't do squats like my mm. knees just inflame for no fucking reason but I can feel it, like, when I go in those ice baths, like, you can feel the pain in your knee, but actually that's just the ice doing its work. Yeah. And it's, I, like, I, I taking the, the inflammation out, and it's great, man. It makes me feel so relieved. Yeah. It sometimes can be a lot of stress doing what I'm doing with 
also this crypto and managing different things all by myself, it can be very stressful. Can get get you very anxious in the evening, you know. Yeah. To well be honest, money makes me anxious, man. Well, I think it makes everyone anxious, especially it depends. It sounds like you're more day trading crypto. Or are you kind of mixing day trading and holding? Yeah, I have three three Binance accounts yeah. what I'm using. I also have a a local store wallet as well, but I find it much easier to use Binance, even though I know it's really bad to store large amounts of money on exchanges. Yeah. But I have like <laughs> I also have three phones. So I have one phone only particularly for holding. Mm-hmm. And I have for swing trading as well. That's basically what I'm doing. Are you planning, would you ever move over to like cold storage, Nano Ledgers, uh, Ledger, uh, Ledger Nano X? I have looked a little bit about it, but uh, I feel now I'm so, I've always been looking for something what I can like do for a long time. And I think I find that now. So I still want to continue doing what I'm doing now. See, I've, I've always like, I plan to get BitCub. I'll, I'll get that going soon. Um, but I feel like exchanges in my opinion, will just be used for on and off boarding. Meaning then, like, yeah. I'll just you have your cold storage, mm. you onboard, and you get the fuck off right away. Because if anything happens on those exchanges, you don't have control. You're so fucked. I know. I, I think and that about scares it, me, man. Yeah, it's, that scares me too, to be honest. Like I think a, about it often. Because how do we not know that someone hacks into Binance? Mm, now, I know. Knowing the only way they could get you on your ledger is a 24-word password. But if you never put that on your phone and you never put that you know you keep it you can buy these like metal plates yeah there's no way you can get hacked the only thing that does scare me is when quantum computing comes out because if quantum computing comes out in the next couple years they could literally hack every single fucking ledger i've heard some people actually got all their money wiped out for sure yeah and binance yeah. yeah binance many times and i i every time i have like uh even even though i had i have so many calls from bitcoin when they say like Hello, you're gonna. I can't say my name, but yes. they ask like, "Is this your money, or you're gonna take out this money?" They have so many questions, and even last my last deposit into Bitcoin was a couple of one hundred thousand, and that money didn't go into my account. So I tried to call the support. It's about nine p.m. Takes me an hour to get there. Sitting there sweating because it's a lot of money. And it's some guy answering, sounds like he's sitting like in, in a basement toilet, can barely hear him, yeah. there's no connection. He's like, oh, I'm going to try to solve it for you. Dude, that, that, that was like, this is the last time I'm using Bitcoin. I can't handle this stress. I can't. That's the anxiety right there. Mm. Yeah, I know. I, I Just dealing with anything on crypto when you're, you're doing like the process and it says processing, fuck you. I think if you're going to deposit money to an exchange, <laughs> never deposit everything at once. Like no. m- like my friend did yesterday, and he told me until today he lost a half Bitcoin using a Thai exchange. I don't know the name of the exchange though, but I know it's like it's not as famous as Bitco, but it's some kind of Thai exchange. So just do incremental parts yeah. at a time as well. Well, if if the transaction fee is almost nothing, as some bi- I think the Bitco deposit fee, yeah, yeah. I think I paid twenty baht. So I wouldn't mind if I'm gonna deposit a million, I would probably do it. 300,000 ahead yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Nothing at the same time. I'm not going to do that again, never. No, no, no. That's, it's mm. too scary, especially if anything goes wrong there. And the thing is, Swedish banks, they don't like to... They don't like the users to use crypto. So I'm trying to not use my bank as much as possible with deposits and withdrawals. Yeah, and, and also separating yourself from that as well. You don't want to be too attached. Um, going back to the, 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 the getaway driving as well. Um, personally, from yourself... And, and that experience developing you as who you are today, 
what are some takeaways of, of how that has developed you, maybe for the positive? I think it's the positive in many good ways. My early, how do you say, terrible lifestyle as a child, I think it's, for now, it's been very good. I got a, gained a lot of experience through the years, even though to my age. Uh, I think it's only been doing me good now. I think if I've been going to the school, I would have ended up like all the other people I went to school with. And they're like just gonna be a regular worker now and do not do so much. Yeah, and, and for someone like yourself that you didn't go through the, the educational system or even of high school, high nothing, school, university, nothing. 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 You're still, uh, how, how did you. I'm still uneducated. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> you still must educate yourself. By oh your, yeah, of course. Like, is I, that, how are you doing? How are you, do you say it's street knowledge? Street knowledge. Yeah. Are you uh, also? Are you? I think the street knowledge has made me come very far, very far. Which is probably more valuable than any system is going to give you. I would say so. I think these high price educations are literally scams because mm. usually in the end, for me at least, it's only about money. In the end, you're not going to make so much money. Only a few percentage going to do it, and other people are going to be okay. I'm taking this job, and I'm just going to manage by doing this. I see, you know, I try to put a lot of my friends on money because close people to me, I only keep certain amount of people close to me now who barely no one knows what I'm doing mm. in Thailand even of my old friends. No one knows. I just left everything and I've been grinding on my own. But the people I'm still contacting with, everyone having a shit life, man. Especially it's Sweden now is in a bad position ec economically and with crime rates and everything. It's no jobs. You cannot live anywhere. Many people turn homeless and... It's either prison homeless or like addiction, you know, or some people just get like a simple job with a small amount of salary. Yeah, and then you can barely survive, especially working That's a nine the to thing. five. And I've even told people I can teach you to make this and this kind of money with this kind of money. And I think people are too scared to do it because even if I tell someone to try invest this or try to move abroad or do this, people are too scared to take risks. But I'm all about taking risks. I'm taking risks daily about everything. As soon as I, as soon as I put on my seatbelt in my car to go somewhere, I'm taking putting a risk. As soon as I invest or literally anything I do, but I'm cal they're risk. calculated risks, which is a, the difference. I mean, you're again, like you said, you're spending at 10 a.m. You're getting up. You're doing your research. You're not just jumping onto any exchange and just clicking on tokens. Oh no, 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 yeah. no. I I have like a, a path that I'm following. Yeah. Do sure. you did you study technical analysis in, in terms of reading Japanese candlesticks? Yeah, I looked a little bit through it. Uh, no, man, I will say I'm terrible at it. Especially understanding your entry and exit points. How do you determine that? I think my exit points are purely based on feeling. And okay. I've been going good so far. Even so far, I can support my family. And even I've supported uh, close relatives to me. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm just going to stick to my same strategy. Yeah, and I mean, and if it's not broke, don't fix it. And if it's working for you I think well. for me, it's it's been actually very easy with this. Uh, in the long run with crypto now, once I got through the hard steps about losing and this and some things, it's been very smooth. Do you see yourself getting outside of crypto? Like you said, you wanted to start um, possibly, like let's say, a, a hamburger truck. And you have other ideas, too, you don't want to explain. I will say that that is like, uh, that can happen literally any day now. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm already looking at trucks, and uh, uh, I have people who can uh, provide me with uh, different kind of things. And we're looking at paperwork and stuff. I have some people I'm working with also about some things in Thailand when yep. it comes to... 
how do you say it, implementing our ideas to an actual business. Yeah, so I got the investors and everything for those things. But I will say the burger place now is a close, the, per- the burger truck is the closest thing for me to mm. launch compared to the other ideas we have. If you have any friends back home that are watching or just in general, the people of Sweden, um, listening to your story and how you've kind of, you've risked it all, you've risked it all, you went from zero to hero, you've made this comeback. Um, what would you tell them is the best part about living in Thailand? Because you've chose this country for a reason. Why live in Thailand? Well, I think for me, in the beginning, it was that it was the most convenient because I had, how do you say it, some roots here from my childhood and uh, the houses, but they all sold also. So I wouldn't say like, oh, I can stay here for free. I, I cannot stay for free anywhere now. I would say the lifestyle here now, if I never left Sweden... It would be very bad for me. It would be most terrible for me. I think I would... I always spend, like, between the people I know... I, I've always been, like, the guy who always steps out of the, the line. Who go, like, the, fur, the furthest of doing something bad. So I think for me, staying here now has been my... my literally my saving. Mm. And I will say the same for the people that I know today that is broke over over a normal limit of age to stay at your mom's house, staying in your old bedroom and not motivated to make any kind of money and just living day by day about seeing some other broke friends on the weekend, drinking alcohol together in someone's mom's apartment when your mom is not home. I would say, literally, man, you have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to take risks. People are too afraid to take risks. And I think many people in Sweden, they're like, oh my God, just leaving like the community I'm living in is too far for them. But I think I'm living proof that if I can do it by 22, I think most of the people I know that's way older than me in Sweden can do it too. Because I know people that's way older than me and having a shit time right now. And I've been trying to motivate many people around me to, to do things, man. I've been trying to help them with many things to get money. No one want to do it. I think that was very well said and, and wise words for such a young age. And I think Thank on you. that note... We should end the podcast because that was perfect. And let's see how close I was on time. One hour, t- 17 minutes. 25. Fuck. Perfect timing. I always jump in at the right time. Um, I think that's the best way to end the podcast. I think so that's, too. That's, that's the clip. Put that at the beginning. Timestamp that one. Um, motivational. We got Swedish, Swedish David Goggins over here. <laughs> that's the. Uh, you watch that guy, David Goggins? No. I oh, this guy is crazy, man. It's the, he's always on Rogan. Anyways, let, let's end there. Um, we are not going to give out his Instagram handle, but you, we are going to give out the YouTube where you can find those videos. So I'm speaking to this camera. We're going to cut. This is your camera here. Um, if you want to give some information on where people can find more um, about, let's say, about, about getaway driving or anything you want to share besides your personal information, go. I, get, well, I go think... Most people use Instagram, so go on Instagram and type in Highway Official. Highway Official. That's where you're going to find it. And if you want to see the upcoming movie, which I hope going to be released, I think that's most definitely where you're going to follow that page. Highway Official. Okay, perfect. Uh, that's the end By of the... By the way, oh. shout out to drivers, Skurken, Fudlink, Mr. Highway himself, and Fraglan. Can we take those guys on Instagram, or are we going to get shot? <laughs> I, I think if you have enough knowledge okay. uh, or enough uh, brain, you can find them yourself. Okay, so everyone, you can check that out. Just do some, you know, get your Google magic out. 
Um, that kind of wraps up the podcast. We never know how to end these, so we're done. Thank you for having we're me. We're done. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming as well. Thank I think that was that was very informative. If fl- the time flew by, we touched yeah. crypto, we touched getaway driving. Is I think it was more one of the more interesting Dope. ones for sure. Sick. All right, man. Awesome. Thank you.